Good evening from Plugged Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 429. Nope. What is it? 482. I'm sorry. Today's the 29th. We'll try this again with episode 482 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology for October 29th, 2017. A proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, PlayStation is announcing new games. Twitter is revealing political spending, and Viacom is uh, accepting the internet. <laughs> uh, like I said, this here is F5 Live, refreshing technology, the flagship show on the Plug Hits Live family of content. And wherever you are and however you're joining us, whether it be Facebook, iTunes, Google Play Pod, Music Podcasts on Android, um, the Podcast Play app on in the Windows Store, um, our live streaming partners, Livestream, Periscope, Twitch, and Mixer, or of course on our apps, pluggitslive.com slash apps. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are uh, two ways that you can do that. You can join us live on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern for about an hour at uh, by going to f5live.tv slash join us. From there, you can uh, chat with us here in the studio and... Uh, comment on the topics as we talk about them uh, we uh, Avram and I always appreciate uh, your input on the topics as we talk uh, especially during the pilch point which will be on in just a little bit we will be discussing um, some announcements out of AMD this week we've talked about Intel a lot over the past uh, couple of months so we're going to talk about AMD this week uh, and then, if you can't join us live, that's okay. You can also subscribe to this and all of our other shows by going to pluggitslive.com slash subscribe. There you will see F5 Live and the Pilch Point, as well as our uh, First Look series, which is about uh, uh, school-age robotics. Our uh, special events feed, which uh, will be showing some content here pretty soon because it's it's almost convention time we've got a convention in two weeks we've got one uh obviously we have ces in january so we've got stuff coming up there and then all of our other series as well um so however you join us uh, we definitely appreciate it um i think that's the spiel how are you doing abram not bad not bad it's uh you know it's been a somewhat quiet week i did uh you know, the other night when I was up. Uh-oh. The other night when I was up. That means that it is uh, that moment in the show where Avram goes quiet for 60 seconds. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's become a bit of a running joke. We don't quite know why it happens, but it always happens right there. There we are. <laughs> it's like every time. Just plan it. Let's see. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why it is. It is always just as I go to you. It's always just as I go to you, and it doesn't matter if you and I have been on Skype for 60 seconds before we go live or uh, 20 minutes. <laughs> There's got to be something in the setup. <laughs> or or okay, somebody's so, watching us and messing with us. <laughs> anyway, I, so the other tough. night when you were up late. Uh, the other night I was up late doing a laptop review, and uh, you know, just as kind of a side, I was uh, watching some Netflix, and uh, I have a couple recommendations for, for folks. Uh <laughs> You know, obviously everyone's going to be excited about Stranger Things coming out, uh, which has come out. Uh, but uh, I really have to recommend Mindhunter, which is a new one that came out that's really cool. It is on my uh, short list. You know, for, uh, it's made by David Fincher, and it's about like the 
FBI agents that created serial killer profiling. And it, the premise sounded boring to me, but I let myself start watching it. I became very addictive because of just the way that it's made, the okay. characters. It's not a mystery show. It's not a detective show. It's like, it's about the people. I don't know. Okay. You, you got to watch it. Okay. And then for uh, kind of so bad it's good uh, <laughs> movies, I recommend, although meant to be bad, so, you know, that's kind of the meta uh, on this is... There's a movie on Netflix called Turbo Kid that I that I highly recommend. It is made it was made two years ago, but it's made to be like one of those post apocalyptic post apocalyptic budget 80, 80s movies. Okay, sort of like <laughs> Steel Dawn with uh, you know Patrick Swayze or uh, you know one of those just really uh, low budget movies. So it's supposed to be taking place in the future apocalypse world of 1997 okay and all of this like 80s music and this kid finds a nintendo power glove that can like blow things up and it's just like over the top crazy funny if you're while you're doing something watch it (laughs) and and which one was that turbo kid turbo kid all right that's being Um, added to my list as we speak you know uh so anyway i just thought i would i would throw that out there because i've been uh doing some streaming while I work this week. Great, because I have two, and I'm tired of going through the same things again, so I appreciate getting suggestions. Uh, yeah. I, no, I guess I mean, we'll I'm throw sure it out there. Stranger Thing- I'm sure you're watching Stranger Things at this point, right? I, uh, I was up all night that night. I finished it at 2 p.m. I went all the way through it, and then I went back to sleep. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have not. We, my wife and I watched it together. We only saw the first episode. Uh, so we're like, you know, however many episodes behind, we haven't seen it seen yet. It was Um, so good, but, uh, you know, that one sells itself. Everybody knows that's a cool show. Yes. Um, but Mindhunter, which is a new Netflix original, just started, just came on like two weeks ago. Yes. Is very addictive and not, not like you would think. So I just encourage people to give it, it's set in the seventies and it's just got this really interesting feel to it. It's the feel, it's the atmosphere. I, okay. I can't put my finger, I can't put my finger on why I, why I'm obsessed with it. Sure. But perhaps you'll watch it and you'll tell me why I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> That's possible. If you're in the chat room, feel free to, uh, to give us other suggestions on things we should be watching while we're working. Uh, uh well, I suggested to you offline that you should watch, uh, that you should watch star Trek discovery. Yes. I, I I am ready to do it. I I'm ready. Yeah. Friend, personal friends know why I have not. I I won't get into it on the show, but I will. I'm I'm ready to give it a try. That's for as a side. That's like my favorite show right now. After that, I can't wait. After this, I'm gonna go watch the next episode. You, it's uh, it's a very addictive show. So. Okay. That's 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 good. <laughs> There's been a conversation between a couple of our friends, including uh, John Worm, who used to be one of the, the hosts know. on the show, yeah. with uh, my, one of my uh, business partners, that there have been some some pretty angry reviews of it. But that's okay. I'm I'm I have not read and really I've tried not to read what other people have been writing because I want to form my own opinion. So, I I will be. I'm I'm going to give it a try again. Anyway. Uh, you guys have suggestions on things we should watch let us know those are those are our current ones definitely stranger things holy cow i wasn't even able to work through it i had like i was glued to the <laughs> glued to the screen i was so excited for it like, i was counting down to it when i found out when i figured out 
that it was uh, West Coast time, not East Coast time, I was furious. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. I, I, I told somebody, Stranger Things comes out in two and a half hours. He's like, uh, five and a half hours? What? West Coast? Damn you, Netflix. <laughs> One day my son is going to get old enough to binge watch things and care, and I'm going to say, when I was your age... We had to watch every episode. We had to wait a week for every episode. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny because now I get mad at shows like that that I have to like wait between. And you know, Netflix has like one, and Hulu's got three or four that they do that way. And I'm like, nope, nope, I don't this. No more of this. <laughs> Go back to I want to watch it from three a.m. to two p.m. And just <laughs> anyway, um, we will talk about streaming media in uh in a little bit but uh how about we get started with some gadget news yep this week's nifty gifties on f5 live is proudly powered by the microsoft store uh lots of new products in the uh surface family including the uh the newest Surface Pro, uh, currently starting at uh, seven ninety nine. The Surface Laptop starting at nine ninety nine, and uh, the Surface Book Two getting ready for pre order in about ten days ish. Uh, plus, of course, the Xbox One S and X uh, <laughs> available. Uh, but it's not just hardware. You can also get Office three sixty five and. Uh, and games and things like that, and the new uh, Harman Kardon Invoke, which is a speaker that I've been very excited about. I've gotten to uh, to play around with it, and hopefully we'll be able to do a review here in uh, a couple of weeks. It's Cortana powered. It's Harman Kardon sound. The sound quality is what you would expect from Harman Kardon. It's awesome, um, and uh, all of that is available by going to f5live.tv/microsoft. I was actually at a uh, a developer event over the weekend, and I went to a, a training on uh, Cortana skills, and they are so unbelievably easy that I cannot wait to build one. <laughs> but while Microsoft is obviously looking to enhance Cortana with things like the the Invoke and uh, and their partnership with Amazon. Uh, They've also been closing up some things. We know that Windows Mobile might be done. There's some other products that we talked Groove. about. Yep, Groove. Oh, our friend Groove. Um, and then this week, uh, we found out that Microsoft has ended production on the Kinect. Now, I know you guys are listening to this and thinking, wait, shouldn't this be a gaming topic? And let me tell you why I don't quite put it in, in gaming. The places where I have seen the Kinect used most interestingly have been non-gaming uses. Um, we, uh, Avram and I were talking before the show. There, Every year at CES, you walk around and you see w- at least one booth where somebody is like dancing around weirdly in front of a screen. And you, you just can't help but walk over. And it's always a Kinect-powered something um, that, that tracks the person and maybe allows you to virtually try on clothes or, you know, all kinds of, of things like that. And 
And that has been where I've seen some of the more interesting Connect-powered products has been in just third-party uniqueness. Not so much in its its uh, implementation on the Xbox, which, to be fair, I use my Connect <laughs> um, for Cortana and all kinds of things uh, myself, but um, it's definitely not the place, you know, even Microsoft started backing out of, backing away from Connect on Xbox, right? Um, Xbox Fitness went away. They stopped doing the hand tracking uh, controls on the on the Xbox One when they went to uh, to Windows 10. You know, all kinds of things kind of started backing away from the Xbox. But we continued to see development for stuff on the PC, which I always thought was interesting. Uh, and like I was telling Avram before, I can't get into the details of it because you know NDAs and stuff. But I worked on uh, a prototype for a product using the Connect uh, in the the health space which was kind of a cool idea. And I worry that without Microsoft physically producing the Kinect, some of these companies that have, have built products relying on the Kinect may be in trouble. My first thought was, oh, but the Intel RealSense. And then I thought about a conversation that you and I had a couple of weeks ago that the one RealSense camera seems to not be, like the external camera seems to not be a thing anymore right so here's the story right when you when you were uh talking about me before the show what i number one thing i took away from it which i actually is part of a trend that we've been seeing is the death of the 3d camera the 3d camera as a technology seems to be dying or dead or already dead unless you ask yes (laughs) so well using it for facial recognition Right. right But as far as doing things like modeling, object tracking, augmented reality, gesture control, it seems that now the technology was good, Mm -hmm. right? There's no reason why. Well, I know the reason. I think I know the reason is cost and adoption and things like that. But it's a good technology using 3D cameras to do depth sensing like that's So connect Intel RealSense. uh some may even remember Amazon's Fire Phone had this to mm-hmm. some degree. Yep. Uh, Project Tango, on uh, which appeared on two uh, two different uh, Android phones. Yep. Uh, used 3D cameras. Uh, you know, so they had a 3D camera. I think. What do you have? You have like two different lenses plus an infrared. Correct. Uh, so that you could track that, like this hand is in front of that hand, and whatever, and you could do depth sensing. Yep. Which allows you to map not just gestures really well but do things like cut me my head out of the background Mm -hmm. behind me to do green screening without a green screen or um you know do things like track track you know try to figure out the the real world measurements of a piece of furniture from uh you know putting your camera in front of it all those things right but unfortunately uh unfortunately I guess that stuff adds expense and adds weight to things like phones and tablets and, and laptops. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of what they did do is being accomplished through other software. Right. So if you think about, I'm trying to remember now, and Google's new uh, augmented reality initiative that they announced a couple of weeks ago, right? They're, they totally try, I mean, people who bought things, bought the Asus 
Zen, was it Zenfone 3D and the Lenovo? Mm-hmm. Trying to remember the name. The, the two the two phablets that had Project Tango and 3D cameras on them. Those folks are, are really being left in the dust because they found a lot of ways to do this with a standard 2D regular one lens, you know, camera. Right. So. Uh, I mean, all the augmented reality apps that you're seeing, even ones that put things on different levels and whatever, are using a standard camera. So somehow they've managed to do some of this work with computational things, with software that Uh they used to need hardware. Right. Nevertheless, taking away something like the Kinect, there's no there's no substitute for it. Like, you know, it's not like they're giving you a 2D webcam that can do the same thing. So I also kind of see that the we're not seeing as much traction for gesture stuff. Like I remember a few years ago, there was a big push. We used to get companies coming in. Like I remember Toshiba had this Cosmio, which did gesture to like, you know, use your thumb to move the mouse or click things or do music by waving. Yeah. And like all that stuff, what I guess turned out to be a fad. Not that I disliked it. I mean, it, but, you know, you just never saw that catch on. Uh, now, the obvious place for it is in the home, but it seems to be that voice recognition is what people are looking at for that. And then the other thing that people would do with a Connect style camera, 3D camera, is uh, facial recognition. And we are seeing facial recognition cameras appear on uh, laptops and phones a lot, but instead of using a rich 3D camera like RealSense, they're using sort of a cut rate infrared camera that can only do facial recognition right. and nothing else. Right. So, um, you know, that's, it's unfortunate. Uh, I'm very sad about it. And I think Connect is a victim of the same thing. It's kind of those things that they didn't sell enough. They didn't, developers didn't embrace them enough. Right. And now Microsoft is just riding the latest wave of dropping that, um, you know, and I think where you'll see object recognition and things like that is either they're going to do it with 2D cameras or I believe on the mixed reality headsets for the positional tracking of your head with those, they do some kind of an infrared thing, although it's not really cameras because you can't see out. The, uh, um, with with the with the MR with the yeah. Windows mixed reality stuff, um, since the the headsets have um, have the binocular vision cameras on them, um, which also, when you have binocular vision, you you have the ability to do depth perception. Ask any you know, cover one eye and try and figure out right. how far things are, and then open up, and you're good to go. Um, you when, using computer vision uh, algorithms with the binocular, you have the ability to start doing depth. Uh, perception and stuff like that without necessarily the need for infrared tracking. However, uh, to your point, the the what what the Windows Mixed Reality headsets are doing is basically Generation Three Connect. So, so the technology like Microsoft doesn't feel like they wasted their time or anything on Connect uh, because where it has gone is into all of these mixed reality headsets that are able to do it without having to have extra hardware, which not all of the, the VR uh, systems have the ability to do. Uh, but the, the, the Windows Mixed Reality stuff 
can do some some tracking without additional hardware because of all of the the successes that they had with the Connect over the first two generations. Yeah. So uh, I mean, we could talk about that mixed reality stuff at some point. Uh, it would be interesting to do to do a segment about about how good or about the quality of those, uh, which we recently reviewed. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that's what's happening here is that. Uh, Augmented reality headsets, uh, AR on your phone, uh, VR. Those are the thing. Those are what is replacing the Connect. Exactly. They're basically Generation Three Connect, because <laughs> the first was the 360, the second was the Xbox One, and then the the mixed reality is Generation Three. But we don't have to put the Connect name on it anymore. We just know hand tracking and stuff without extra hardware. So. But it's not really a substitute for the same thing, right? Because people who wanted to do—I mean, I think there were dance games or whatever the Connect, mm-hmm. you know, it would track you. Absolutely. You don't have to put on, you know. There's nothing. There's no equivalent to that without the Connect. Correct. So there, there are some places, and not necessarily in gaming as much, because it's not like the the dance games sold consoles or anything. But, uh, but there are some places like the third-party apps where where there's just no substitute right now, but that doesn't mean that that there won't be. Somebody may, because uh, obviously there's a way to license the technology because all the Windows Mixed Reality headsets are using it, right? There must be a way to license the technology. Maybe somebody will license it and produce a, a, a third-party uh, Connect that's able to use the, the Open Connect SDK or something like that. Oh, oh, fingers crossed that somebody will step in and help out this market that uh, for third-party things, for non-Xbox-powered things that that might be about to be left in the lurch. Because, um, like I said, I, I've worked on a project in that space, and it was uh, unbeatable. We did some work with that, and we, we tested out the real sense and the Kinect. Well, the things the Kinect could do were definitely far superior. So hopefully somebody will come in and step in, unless there's no... No real market for it, in which case, uh, connect three in the headsets. <laughs> this week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products. The headphones on my head right now, the Monster Elements, available in on-ear, over-ear, and in-ear, plus... Uh, all kinds of other styles, whether you're you're doing stuff in a studio and you want the elements, you want something that you can easily run with and you want the eye sports, or you're looking for a, a portable speaker, whether it be the little tiny hot shot or the giant monster blaster, they've got them all. And of course, all of the cables and power to uh, make hooking up those devices and more, including your computer. We run monster power uh, exclusively here in the studio. Uh, to make that experience better for you. And of course, the uh, the Monster Outlet Store is unbelievable. The Monster Blaster, usually $449 in the Outlet Store, 200 bucks. Sometimes you get refurbed, sometimes you just, you save 50% because the package is damaged. Honestly, it's uh, it's worth taking a look at if you're in the market for, for a new product. And you can find all of that by going to f5live.tv slash monster. Mm-hmm. 
And that music means that it is time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Avram Pilch. Avram. Hey. We have been talking a lot over the last, what, two months about uh, Intel and uh, and the core, uh, 8th gen core. But AMD has been trying to challenge Intel a lot lately too, right? Yeah, so a, sm- a small piece of history. <laughs> when I was you know, when I was when I was younger, uh you know, and, you know, AMD used to be a real powerhouse challenger to Intel. Uh in and you know, this was obviously like in the nineties before a lot of people were getting laptops in the desktop space. You know, I my friends and I would go and we'd buy motherboards, we'd build systems. I probably built like, I probably like almost every year or two I would change my motherboard and CPU. And usually I would get AMD because uh-huh. you'd get more power for for less money. And AMD was the first to do certain things. Like AMD might be the I think was the first to have multi multi core processors. So we used to so we used to run AMD in the studio. So AMD AMD was fantastic, and then for reasons I don't know. AMD started to not be as competitive on the high end. AMD was a budget play. Uh, you know, I don't think it was, it wasn't considered to be the highest end in, in you know, the, the fastest, what well, didn't make you the fastest desktops. And in the laptop world, it's been strictly uh, bargain basement stuff. Uh, you know, every now and again, you'll get a laptop that's like $800, $1,000. I think there was an HP Elite book that we tested and yet the performance of them has frankly and all the ones that we've tested which we don't see a ton of them in you know we see a lot that are in like $300 laptops the performance has not been has not been very good the performance has been blah the battery life has been blah uh, and and sometimes we've had systems that got hot too so it, it hasn't been an impressive run for AMD in the past few years particularly on laptops this year on desktops uh, they came out with Ryzen which is their new CPU platform. And wow, Ryzen, what a what a big deal. Like all of a sudden they're catching up to Intel in the speed game and people are very excited. They have a processor called Threadripper, which I think has what, six how many cores does Threadripper have? Sixteen. A- available up to sixteen cores. Sixteen yeah. cores. Uh processor. So So, so thirty two with virtualization. Yeah, so absolutely ridiculous i mean that's not the mainstream ryzen that's like your high-end ryzen but it's the one we're thinking about for in here though (laughs) yeah so you you never have enough threads so um so now uh it looks like amd is ready to actually factually compete with intel on performance in past years when we talked to them it's always like yeah we'll give you some a little bit better graphics for about the same money as a budget intel laptop now they're coming out with ryzen mobile uh, which was just announced on Thursday. So uh, what does Ryzen Mobile give you? Well, it, it claims to be uh, performance competitive with uh, Intel 8th Gen Core. Ryzen Mobile is going to be, at some point they may come out with more chips, but the first two chips are going to be quad-core with four cores and eight, uh, eight, eight threads. So just like Intel 8th Gen Core, there's going to be a, uh, just, you know, just like Intel, they have a Ryzen 5 and a Ryzen 7, 
It said a lot like a Core i5 and a Core i7. Sure sounds familiar. Uh, you know, uh, and they also use are going to be default to using 15 watts, uh, just like a standard uh, laptop U-series, Intel U-series processor. Now, uh, what's special about these and why you might get excited is the graphics are definitely going to be better uh, than Intel integrated graphics. They use AMD's Vega graphics, uh, which AMD Radeon Vega graphics, which uh, are definitely supposed to be, and I think even I think even Intel would admit uh, better than the than the you know Intel UHD 620 graphics that you get built in, uh, unless you you know go and get an external graphics card. Uh, it claims to do much better uh, turbo modes in terms of controlling the clock speed. It can do the, it can iterate the clock speed in uh, measures of 25 megahertz at a time across all four cores or each core, uh, so that it can it can really do a good job of trying to figure out well just how much boost can I possibly give you. Uh, it uses something which I think has to come from Thanos's closet called Infinity Fabric, <laughs> and the Infinity Fabric. Uh, is a set of sensors that kind of uh, stitch together the processor, the GPU, and the you know the display engine, the DD, the memory controller, the I/O, all that stuff. And so it can really do a, supposed to do a really fine-grained job of figuring out how much heat and power is being used by all the different parts of the of the chip, and and then is able to sort of give you more power. It also uh, makes available something called uh, XFR, which is uh, extended frequency range, which means if a laptop maker wishes to, and I think this also happens on desktop, uh, wishes to give much better cooling than standard, like, wow, I'm going to make my laptop a little bigger, put some extra cooling pipes, fans, whatever, uh, then the turbo mode can just keep going up to higher and higher frequencies, uh, almost like an automatic overclock. Uh, so, uh, we haven't gotten in a, uh, an AMD Ryzen mobile CPU, uh, yet, but we know, but here's what we know. Uh, there are three systems coming out, uh, in time for holiday that will have it. Uh, one of them is the, um, one of them is the HP, uh, the HP NVX 360, uh, that will be out with, uh, now, the, another is the Lenovo IdeaPad 720s, and the other is the Acer Swift 3. Uh, so, all of those uh, are already on the market with Intel chips. So, we'll we'll we're going to do our best to get in one of each, hopefully as similarly configured as possible, and do an apples to apples test of like this exact laptop. You know, we tried it with AMD and with Intel, and what was what was the difference? That would be uh, awesome. Battery life, performance all that stuff uh so those are coming out none of them is out yet uh we don't know what the price is going to be our hope our expectation is that they will be slightly cheaper than a similar intel uh and yet offer similar or in some cases particularly with graphics better performance uh than intel so uh some of the test results that they they claim this is you know and by the way we have uh, we have this story on laptopmag.com, uh, FAQ, everything you need to know about uh, Mo Ryzen Mobile. Uh, 
they claim that on like say for example 3d mark time spy which is a graphics test uh an amd ryzen 7 uh got like three almost three times the score three times the performance of a core i7 uh they also claim that you will be able to play some games uh you know i mean you can always play some games on integrated graphics but it'll be better than you have ever been able to do before without discrete graphics. So they claim that League of Legends uh, will run at 59 frames per second uh, with their Vega graphics. With uh, They claim that Overwatch, although you have to drop the uh, resolution down to 720p, will run at 66 frames per second. Wow. Uh, so, uh, you know, in other words, yes, you may be able to do... I mean, we'll put these, these claims to the test... But you may be able to do uh, some kind of, you know, a little bit better gaming than you could do on on a standard. These are supposed to be in sort of thin and light laptops. Uh, what we, this is only the beginning for AMD though. Uh, they said, listen, this is our first first wave of of processors, but we, but you know we will see more. I expect that we will hear about them perhaps around the time frame of CES that we will hear about them going into larger laptops like gaming laptops and things like that uh with higher wattage processors that would take on intel's higher wattage processors uh but for now this is just an interesting space for us to watch to see whether you do get more performance for less uh with or or more performance for the same price uh with ryzen mobile and of course i'll be watching very carefully how it affects battery life because even if you give me slightly better graphics performance if the battery life sinks down on my on my ultra portable laptop, I'm not going to be very happy about that. Right, for sure. Um, you know, getting there there are are only few scenarios in which a uh, increased graphics capability could make a, a battery scenario a lower battery scenario acceptable, and it's it's a very small edge case. For users, for 99% of the people out in the wild, they want their battery to not suck. That's I mean, if you're if you're buying a gaming laptop that weighs eight pounds, then you probably don't care about battery life. Yeah, you you know what you're getting into, or if you know if you're if you're using it for gaming or video editing or something like that, you know what you're getting into. You know that you're 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 accepting the loss of battery. But for 99% of the people out on the on the market, battery life is a huge decision maker yeah exactly so we'll see i mean they were you know i'm not it remains we we will see how how it handles it that's my biggest question is how is the battery life going to be how is the heat going to be uh those sorts of things uh and you know we look forward we look forward to finding out more about it if you want to find out more about ryzen mobile today please go to laptopmag.com we have our we have our uh ryzen mobile faq up there uh, and as we actually get these systems in and we can do tests, that is going to be you know something that I'm really looking forward to doing and sharing with everyone. I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about it here. Uh, similarly, we've done, as I talked about a couple weeks ago, we've done some uh, apples to apples tests with uh, 8th gen and 7th gen core, but we're going to do some more. Uh, we just got in. Uh, Intel was kind enough to provide us with a couple of identical Acer Swift 3 laptops uh, for kind of a before and after uh, with 8th and 7th gen. 
Uh, so while we did it with a couple of Dell, with a couple of Dell XPSs, uh, XPS 13s, now we're going to do this with this other system. And uh, Intel has been really, uh, really uh, meticulous about making sure not only are they the same laptop, but that they have the same SSD in them and the same RAM and stuff like that, which, you know, even if you buy two laptops one year after another, like the XPS 13, it's possible that, you know, they used a different vendor mm-hmm. for uh, for that stuff. So, uh, you know, so, you know, there's more, more to come on, on 8th versus 7th and on AMD versus Intel. Fantastic. Well, I obviously personally look forward to uh, to seeing that. I always love when things like this happen, you guys do these like really detailed like you said the apples to apples here's here is what a very changing one thing out does to the the overall uh system i i love that stuff so always always appreciated and i cannot wait until you get some of these uh amd systems in your hand yeah me neither well let's hope let's hope it'll be soon absolutely This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or, you know, let the professionals do it for you because that's what they get paid to do. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies. Uh, from blockbusters to um, Psychotronic Man, I may have used that one before, uh, Wes Craven's Mind Ripper. They've got a, a little bit of everything. The way it works is for a couple of bucks, you download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever you happen to have the movie, and laugh. Uh, from time to time, they do live events. The last live event was uh, this coming, uh, this past week, and it was uh, Night of the Living Dead. Uh, they are done for 2017. They have not announced what 2018 will be looking like. Uh, looking like, but right now, if you use Riff for Treat, R I F F F O R T R E A T, Riff for Treat, you can get uh, 10% off on all of the uh, all of the riffs except for uh, Mind Ripper. Interestingly enough, um, uh, and you can find all of the films that are available by going to f5live.tv/slash Riff Tracks with an X. I would pay money to know why that one movie is excluded, <laughs> but whatever. Um, all right, a couple of topics that we've talked about, uh, kind of all coming together, right here. Uh, first has been, um, you know, the 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 issue we may not have talked about it on the show, but I know the kind of the world has been talking about it. Um, has been. Uh, political ads from 2016 and some of their weird sources and um, their sometimes deceptive nature. Um, Maybe, maybe who paid for them and things like that. Uh, And then 
uh, Twitter as a whole and some of the issues that they've been facing and that so, uh, the social media in general being questioned over um, their participation in that process as well as as well as others right the the whole quote unquote fake news issue and you know things like that uh, and so this week Twitter made two interesting announcements first that they have banned two um, uh, Kremlin based uh, Russian uh, propaganda outlets from advertising at all on the platform. Now, I don't know if that means that they're not allowed to to uh, to advertise in Russia. I, yeah, I have I have no idea about that. But um, uh, Russia Today or the Green RT that you occasionally see on a uh, uh, online and uh, Sputnik, which are both um, uh, government Russian government run uh, state media uh, are no longer allowed to advertise on Twitter period uh, they were both behind a lot of the weird ads last year and then going forward any political ad buyers uh, any political ads will have the um, the advertising data attached to them on Twitter, which I thought was kind of an interesting move to show exactly um, exactly who, what, and why of political ads. I thought that was kind of an interesting move for them. Uh, it's a step in the right direction, but let's remember that not all of those names will be household names. Sure. So there are a lot of packs, right? So, and there are a lot of things that, you know, it's very easy to, I think, to create a name that sounds on the face of it very neutral, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, by American news or, you know, like, sure, it's easy enough to come up with a name where it's not going to say, like, the name is not going to be, you know, is not going to be, you know, the committee to the, you know, is not, is not going to... It's easy to have a very neutral sounding name, as opposed you know? to like on uh, on Thirty Rock, it was the committee to reinvade Vietnam. Yeah, something like that, <laughs> right? Like you know, so you know, it's it's there's a lot of there's a lot of double speak in 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 politics. We know this, sure. so I don't know how putting the the name up there is going to like it's good. It's a, it's something, uh, but here, here here's the problem, and I say this without trying to, to take a side. There's a lot of there's a lot of misinformation and and, a, and just blatantly false stuff in political advertising, uh, and and in some news outlets too, uh, and so you know you can. Um, you're counting on people because they see who the uh, sponsor is to to be critical, to be critical thinkers, but none of that can make someone into a critical thinker. Right. Right. You can't make someone into a critical thinker by saying like, look, this ad comes from from this source. I think. I mean, we obviously hear these hear these sorts of things used in politics all the time. Well. Don't believe such and such because look at the source. 
look who paid for it. Look who did, you know, look who it's coming from. Don't you can't believe it. Well, you know, I think, I think with, with ads, you know, people are going to, people are going to have to, people are going to have to be, people need to be better consumers of news period of, of to, any information, they need not to be just, better in, not just news, but of all information. I need to be better, you know, because I think here's the thing, right? When we were growing, when I was growing up, when I was a kid, you know, when you were a kid, there weren't so many media outlets and the ones that there were, there was kind of a general assumption that if they reported it, it was probably true. Right. Sure. So like you saw something on NBC or CBS or ABC or whatever, you'd be like, oh yeah, you know, Dan Rather says it. (laughs) Right. Dan Rather says it. Uh, I mean, back then. Dan Rather says it, it must be true, right? Right. Uh, Peter Jennings says it, it must be true. And that also kind of applied to ads. Like, you'd see an ad for something, you'd be like, well, I know they have a perspective on this. You know, obviously the person who, who placed this ad has a bias, but right. they wouldn't report, they wouldn't put an ad to report something that's completely false, would right. they? Right, It's demonstrably false. Uh but now, even though Johnson and Johnson advertised no more tears for so long, <laughs> I mean, that was, you know, like there, there's there's an angle to the claim, right? Yeah. But, you know, there's a perspective there that that could be backed up by 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 in, a set of facts. In fairness, it was actually no more tears. It was a detangling hair product. But whatever. That's neither here nor but, there. But but my point is. Uh, my point is that, you know, now we see things that are just blatantly a lie, mm-hmm. and we see them on, uh, you know, we see them on, on, in advertisements on respectable websites, mm-hmm. and we even see them, you know, in certain certain media outlets that that you know that have that theoretically quote, should have have should should have cred, right? right? That like you know your cable provider will put these media outlets on your, you know, basic cable. Right. And so you think, well, they wouldn't put something that's that's crazy and, and false on my on my basic cable, would they? Yes, they would. Yes, they would. You, you know, face you know, Facebook and Twitter are reputable websites. They wouldn't allow somebody to run something that's a blatant out of control lie there, would they? Yes, they would. So unfortunately, we've really reached a point, especially the last few years, where the truth is the biggest casualty. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not even a semblance of truth anymore in in advertising. Right. Uh, you just you just can't trust it. Mm-hmm. So, this is not the time or place to say like, how do you become a better educated uh, media consumer and figure out what's true or not? Except for the fact that if it's about technology, if we say it, it's true. But uh, <laughs> Although, but, although to be fair, there we ha- we have at least through through F five live, there have been a couple of things that we have said that we have been mistaken on, but we've come people can people can be mistaken, but uh, we've we've always happen. come back and and fixed it yes. later. But mistakes happen. But right. what I'm saying is, you know, like it used to be the case. I remember when I was a kid, I went to the grocery store and they had the uh-huh. like Weekly World News. My my favorite uh, magazine about my favorite tabloid of all time there. And you'd see it. It'd be like, Oh, the president has an alien love child. You'd be like, well, if th- they wouldn't let this in the supermarket, if it weren't <laughs> true. Right. 
path you know shoprite would not allow this if it were just a if it were just a paper of lies you know and now we got it you know and then it was a rude awakening to me that like no actually they don't even have to like have a semblance they just want to sell these things so folks because you see it doesn't mean because you see it even in a respectable place even in a reputable uh, you know place that's giving it to you does not necessarily mean that it is you know reputable reputable information accurate you know yeah. honest int- integrously uh, reported information right so especially especially when it comes to ads because remember most of us don't take control of our own ad buys you know a lot a lot of online publications have Google or somebody yeah that's, <laughs> deal with that's... their deal with their ad buys which means that something might sneak by I mean I I try to watch I mean I we've changed who our ad provider is but when we had Google as our ad provider you know we used to watch regularly uh, who was showing up to make sure because we'd get you know uh, online poker scam ads show up from time to time so you know we 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 were trying to watch but I mean even it, it's a topic that I go back to from time to time but even G4 uh, ended up with an ad running malicious software on their website and you know they're they were yeah. part of NBC Universal you know yeah so because <laughs> of all of that I do feel some um, sympathy yeah uh, for for Facebook and Twitter uh, taking their ads because you know these are meant to be automated systems you know mm-hmm. how are they they're gonna have to hire people and have a human element to kind of police this right right because they could say that such and such is blocked but that company could still go or somebody working for an agent of that company of that company could still go and probably open an account right you know they may never even have to talk to a human to do it yep you know if you're going through a web form and you're putting in a credit card to buy ads you know yep so so it is it is challenging and you could say well why don't these websites hire more people well it's very expensive yes it and is. the ad market is very very difficult very all, tough for all for already everyone. already you know it's already a complex place and trying to trying to put all of this extra process on top of it will not be inexpensive but i think the bigger issue is not the ads that they take but the sort of you how they show sort of related content to you uh-huh. uh twitter i haven't seen this coming to me uh, much uh but facebook you'll see those like latest headlines on the right uh-huh. hand side of your thing and you'll click one and the other day i clicked one and it was like the first source was like a reputable, fairly mainstream media source, <laughs> yeah. like ABC or CNN or something. And then it was like a whole set of like crazy conspiracy, extremely biased uh-huh. uh, websites. And even if you didn't click on those articles to see the headlines for them were like just really, really uh, crazy. Bizarre. You know? Yeah. And people who don't know better would see it and be like, well, wait a second. Facebook elevated this. It must have some legitimacy. And I understand. It's like, yes, the ABC story did. But that doesn't mean that the the related crazy things, the things that they had to say were as relevant. 
I do blame, but I mean, in a, in a sense, I do blame Facebook for that. Oh, absolutely. Like they, they should, they should be doing a better job. The problem is that they, they don't want, they, it's hard. They unautomated that process. So for, for example, without, without going out too much on a, on a limb here to talk about stuff like the example I saw was like, there was an, a story about somewhat controversy about who paid for the, the dossier and uh-huh. who did like Democrats pay for the dossier or whatever. Sure. And that's a, that's a new story that was in the mainstream media. Uh-huh. If you clicked on it, the first story was from like, I forget, ABC or something like that. Then the next story down, just you just saw the headline was like from Alex Jones. And it said something like Hillary should be hung for treason headline. Like, uh-huh. yeah, that's that's a very extreme viewpoint being presented as mainstream news. <laughs> and and an extreme whether you agree with whether you agree with it or not, I'm right. not going to get into. But that's not the point. Extreme viewpoint viewpoint and it right. is no doubt a viewpoint that should that is being sort of presented as the number two result in a news right full coverage sure. scenario yeah and and the thing is they they un uh they unautomated that process which makes the fact that that stuff happens even more bizarre now yeah so <laughs> i mean you know i think what's hard is it's hard for facebook and twitter to 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 be the arbiter because they don't want to seem like Uh they're taking sides. Right. Exactly. So it's difficult to say like they would have, you know, they would have to come out and basically say or imply that like, Hey, wait a second. This, you know, Alex Jones guy, he's not a legit news source. We're not going to feature him. Like that's, that's what they would have. That's what they would have to do. Exactly. There are definitely are people who think of Alex Jones as a legitimate news source and they might offend those people. So, but by trying not to offend, you end up with some really extremist uh, right. viewpoints sure. that you know that could, that, in many cases, be demonstrably proven false. That chemtrails uh, turn frogs gay. Yeah, you know those sorts of things showing up, uh, showing up alongside respectable uh, news out, respectable mainstream news outlets. Sure. So, I, I do kind of blame them for that. They they're trying so hard to be everybody's friend that they're letting false stuff get a get a spotlight. Sure, they're they're trying to just go based on number of shares, and that's not necessarily a success story. Yeah. This week's extra no what? I what is wrong with me tonight? This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. Uh, like we've talked about the last couple of weeks, most people know about the standard stuff about Amazon Prime. Free shipping and you know, discounts on certain things and early access to deals, but the thing that mo- a lot of people don't seem to know about is some of their media features. It, for example, Amazon Prime Music and Amazon Prime Video, uh, both of which come included with your Amazon Prime subscription. Um, with Amazon Prime Music, you get a couple million songs uh, streamable for free. With Amazon Prime Video, there is all kinds of video content available to you um, at no additional charge, including Amazon Originals like The Tick and uh, things like that, plus uh, back catalog stuff from HBO and the ability if you're a cord cutter, for example, to add HBO, Showtime, and more to your subscription without having to have cable, plus uh, some of their their uh, 
gaming features like Twitch Prime. If you're a Twitch subscriber and a Prime subscriber, you have the ability to uh, subscribe to a Twitch channel for free, one free subscription every month. So uh, lots of media uh, availabilities. If you're already a Prime subscriber, uh, you can find out about those. Or if you're not, you can sign up by going to f5live.tv slash Amazon. Yeah, so my, my other streaming recommendation is, uh, <laughs> since, we, since you brought this up, uh, included with Prime right now, you can watch Moonlight, the best picture. Nice. Uh, which uh, is a great film that I saw using my included with Prime subscription just the other day. So, uh, and uh, they, uh, and a lot of people talk about uh, Man in the High Castle, which is a mm-hmm. fantastic show sure. uh, that they have. I also really like Bosch, which is a great detective show that they have. Okay. Uh, that if you liked like The Wire, uh, you will, you will really like like Bosch. Um, so, uh, you know, some really good content on there. Absolutely. And, and if you haven't subscribed, f5live.tv slash Amazon, uh, we've got all kinds of information about the different things that you get because there's more than just what I talked about. There's all kinds of additional stuff, uh, uh, free uh, ebooks and audiobooks and all, like there's all kinds of stuff as a Prime subscriber. We've got a bunch of information for you over there. Um, obviously, Amazon has embraced... Uh, web streaming. We know that the 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 big four have all embraced it in different ways. Uh, Fox, ABC, NBC, together with um, Turner own Hulu, and then uh, CBS has CBS All Access, which we were talking about a little while ago with uh, Star Trek Discovery. It's it's available over there. Uh, they've they've all like embraced it but the last big guy in the in the space to not quite embrace it has been viacom viacom seems to have been concerned about change i think and uh so their their grip on online streaming has been tenuous at best they they were a huge partner of a couple of the 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 cord cutter services when they first launched uh, PlayStation View and the one that sounds like the Dish Network thing that's not uh, what's it I can't remember the name of it um, Sling um, you know they were big partners of theirs their channels were all available on those services but shortly after they all went away and that was kind of a weird move for for anybody watching and then. You know, if you're a if you're an Adult Swim fan, for example, uh, one show that I've been using as an example of Viacom's loose grip on modern streaming is uh, that you can't. The current season of Rick and Morty is over, but you can't watch it any, anywhere anymore. It's not on on demand. It's not on Hulu. One and two are, but three is nowhere. So, like Viacom has has really struggled with with the idea of streaming. Um, but that may be changing. They are currently in talks with, interestingly, the mobile carriers uh, to bring uh, some video streaming deals to reality, which is interesting. They're skipping, theoretically, they're skipping you and I, Avram, and looking for 
a truly that truly younger audience who's doing the majority of their streaming on their mobile devices, either their tablet or their phone. You know, personally, myself and I think you as well use the PlayStation or the Xbox or a, 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 a Roku or something like that to to do a lot of the streaming. Unless you're in your office working, which obviously is a different scenario. But you know, I I use my Xbox One all the time for streaming. I probably more than gaming at this point. But yeah, PlayStation and Roku, right? Are when it, when I'm sitting and doing it, or you know, if I was working, you're right. I'd watch it on my second monitor. Sure. Uh, or if I'm on the train now, with Netflix being downloadable and whatever. Sure. Uh, or Amazon being downloadable, I might watch it on my phone then. But you're right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be looking mobile first. It's not your. It's not your initial go-to platform. Yeah. But it definitely is, not. But it is for people younger than us it's not unusual for the go-to to be phone or tablet and so viacom working with the mobile carriers to to bring their content mobile first is really an interesting move and almost almost like the ultra progressive move in 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 streaming content like they're they're doing what what India did with their phone system and just totally skipping hardline and going right to sell. Like they're <laughs> Viacom is skipping Roku and Xbox and PlayStation and just going going straight mobile in a partnership with the mobile carriers, which is really kind of a for me, seemingly a bizarre move. Yep. Uh, well Whatever, whatever they need to do to to actually bring some things to uh, to actually bring some bring some content. You know, it's interesting. Sure. There were some rumors going around over the summer that Verizon was going to buy Viacom. Interesting. And and apparently, at one point, they were going to merge merge it with CBS and didn't. Uh, well, they and, have done that on and off a couple of times. You know what? This might this might not be a rumor. This might be more someone's opinion. Uh, so some person on Investopedia said that Verizon needs to buy Viacom. Okay. And CBS. Maybe that's maybe that's not exact. But you know what? Since Verizon has decided that it is a content company now, mm-hmm. uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the craziest thing that I've heard. They've been working. Uh, uh, Verizon's been working on a streaming service uh, that's been delayed twice. Yeah, so I mean, it would I'll, actually make it would make sense for them to get into to easily get into original programming to buy somebody who has it. A lot of the content delivery companies are becoming content companies. Yeah, and and a- I'm a little AT- scared by that. AT and T bought Directv and then uh, is working on buying the the whole Time Warner Charter group. Yeah, but th- those are d- distribution. But I, I but mean, like you have Cox owning NB, not Cox, uh, Comcast, Comcast owning N- owning NBC. Yeah, you know, um, like that's true. That kind of stuff because the Time Warner cable got split off from Time Warner itself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's still all distribution. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, it, you know, as a consumer, I, th- of, uh, or as uh, you know, so it works for, in publishing. It does concern me that the that there's somewhat of a conflict of interest there, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like Comcast, of course they're going to give better treatment to NBC because sure. they own it. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and so, but on the other hand, if you're with Comcast, you know, you never have to worry about going dark on, on Bravo because of uh, 
licensing right. district yes. uh, licensing fights. So that's, <laughs> but it's more likely to result in licensing fights with the other carriers, sure. the, the other providers. Uh-huh. So, um, so yeah, I mean, good for for Viacom for like trying to do something. I wonder if it's a precursor to them being bought by a mobile company. Could be. It it sure could be, and uh, if the the converse, the the talk had been in the air on on Verizon, that would be that like that's even more interesting in that direction. And it wouldn't be surprising, you know, Verizon has been fat, like you said, been fascinated by content over the last, in particular, two years. AOL and Yahoo and their nostalgia unit. Uh, you know, you you have to kind of worry about like what's going to happen. Like AT and T has all these investments, but you have to worry about what's going to happen to T Mobile. I guess. I mean, are they still are they still going to do that merger with Sprint? Do you think? I I have legitimately heard active information over the last week on it. So maybe that's what they could do with the extra money from SoftBank or something. You know, maybe they need to buy some media properties because because obviously it seems that everybody else is buying media properties. Although on the other hand, you know, when you look at at including Sprint because they just bought into title. Um but when you look at at Timo, the way they've gone has been making some really fascinating partnership deals, like with Netflix, yeah. for example. They've been making some some smart partnership deals, which might obviously it's a different tactic, but who knows? It might work out better than than owning content, being being partners with and letting the liability fall on the other people and not on themselves. Well, that's true, but I think if you see your competitors doing it, don't you kind of have to worry that your competitor is going to come by Netflix now and not want to work with you? Yeah, that's possible. Um, you know, Universal never expected that Disney would buy Marvel and they'd be scrambling to figure out what to do with Marvel Island at Islands of Adventure, you know what I mean? Right, so that's, you know, that's what can happen if you partner and you don't buy because, you know, but, but hey, I mean... I, I like the fact that T-Mobile is focused on providing a great phone service right. rather than on building out a giant portfolio of other stuff. But, um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's an interesting question. But, uh, you know, to the topic at hand, I mean, good for them for trying to go to mobile, but I wonder if it's precursor something else. It could be. But either way, um, you know, wherever it ends up, the ability to, to watch Viacom stuff, you know, at will would be a nice a nice change of pace you know when yeah. you when you uh when you put stuff create weird content rules you end up with a lot of piracy yep so uh maybe 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 they they've caught on to that that you know people are pirating the season three of Rick and Morty because they can't watch it anywhere else. You know, that who knows? In fact, it's been, that's been a bit of a topic surrounding Star Trek discovery. It's been, you know, what, what's how CBS is going to deal with, with the paywall. Uh, anyway, that's our show. 
Uh, thank you for those of you who have joined us live. We always, we always appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't joined us live, that is okay. Uh, you can always subscribe by going to plunkettslive.com slash subscribe. You can see this and all of our other series there as well. Um, obviously, we mentioned the, the Sony thing. That is at 8 and 9 a.m. on October 30th. So if you're watching this late, you might have to go back and uh, re-watch re the stream if you've missed it. Uh, but we'll have, we'll have links to it on the site. Um, next week is a is a guaranteed normal show for us unless something goes horribly wrong. Uh, the week after, we're not quite sure what that show is going to look like uh, because it will be happening from uh, Anime EY and Deerfield Beach. So we may have the situation to be able to bring in Avram. We may not. We will see how all of that goes um, then. So I'm, we're not going to make any promises on what our capabilities are going to be, but we're certainly going to try and have a more normal show uh, then we just may have some people from the 3000 Brigade there with us too. Um, and then after that, we're back to normal for a little while. So that's, that's good. So, uh, again, thank you for joining us, uh, whether it's been live or not. And on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we will see you guys back next week. Ciao.